Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group Roundtable with our partner, Veteran Legislative Voice, January Cervical Cancer Awareness Month, and today is Saturday, January 29th, 2022. I'm Sean Claiborne. Our host is Cliff Kelly. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And please join America's Heroes Group now on our global live streaming on Facebook. Radio talk show is going on right now as we speak. You can like and share so others will become connected and get our information. You can also listen to America's Heroes Group or see us on iHeart on the iHeartRadio app and on Roku. We are on digital platforms like Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, and our partner Zondra's TV Networks. So log in and get stay informed. America's Heroes Group, just search americashg.org or just search America's Heroes Group and you will pull us up on Zondra TVs at Zondra's with a Z, Z-O-N-D-R-A, TV Networks. And today we have our partner, a great voice you've heard many times, a U.S. Army Reserve Sergeant, First Class, and Veteran, founder and creator of the Veterans Legislative Voice, which is Stephanie Collada, none other. How are you doing, Stephanie? Doing great. I'm excited to be here. Great to hear your voice again. It's pretty good. And then also, we want to talk about some things that affect education, especially the GI Bill. So tell us what is going on with the GI Bill and what is on your radar as far as non-payment. So there is a variety of issues that are going on. Um, one that has also been in the news lately for the past two years is, of course, COVID because of the cancellation of schools, the conversion to online classes, They've actually have instituted an extension on expiration of uh, of the Montgomery GI Bill because a lot of times you have a certain amount of time to use it. So they've, uh, the VA has extended that expiration date. And then most recently, um, helping out another Army Reserve soldier, her she actually was removed from her college because there was a non-payment of her tuition. The problem actually stemmed from her admin profile. For anyone that's in the military and they had to deal with admin or HR issues, most people cringe or shudder. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, on the system. It shows that she is a GED uh, student, a grad, and not a high school grad. And there's specific requirements on top of that. So the VA or the government is not paying for her tuition because her admin profile is incorrectly showing a feature that would disqualify her. So, and these little so this, things, is a, this is a back up for a second. So a GED is, yeah. does not qualify for GI benefits? I didn't know that. Um, there's an extra stipulation to that. You have to have 12 college credits on top of that that you have to pay yourself and not the military pay for it. And it can't count towards your, your college uh, degree pass. So that's a little... Uh, fine line that not not many people know about i had no idea about that so you have to so if you have a ged which a lot of veterans uh, a lot of people in the military especially coming out of high school because i mean for a lot of people they even struggle with the asvab which is the test to get into the military uh, so yes. they so and i remember when i was went to the military that there was even programs to help um kids get their you know, their high school diploma or even get a ged so it's it surprising yeah. me that you would sign up for the and you have to get 
12 hours on your own, pay for that out of your own pocket and just to get your GI bill, which is one of the reasons why a lot of people join to get the GI bill. Well, the the usage of the GI bill and the waivers for that actually have um, lessened quite, quite a lot in the last decade. Um, especially that, uh, you know, with the height of the war, they were allowing a lot and have all these wonderful programs for service members. And that's the reason why they joined. But as the war started to, you know, dwindle down and now no war, that um, waiver and that opportunity is slowly becoming harder for the people that are that are in need of it. So that's a big thing as well. well that's, um, that's yeah. And so, well, back to this Army Reserve soldier, it's one little category in her giant admin profile that is causing her not to get her um, college tuition covered by the government because she's already in. She's actively uh, in the reserves, you know, actively drilling, did all of her required stuff. And right now she's having an issue just because one thing will not change. And um, it's, it's so frustrating because, you know, the government, they go for the high, lowest bidder, so the systems and the databases are not always the best, and they, they come with their own issues. And so there's a lot of glitches. When I used to work for the Army Reserve as a DOD civilian, I was constantly having to call, call higher, ask for um, advice, instructions on how to fix many things, because we, we had a lot of issues. Um, and me personally, I was accidentally discharged for the Army Reserve while I was deployed. I couldn't log into my computer with the CAC card, if anybody knows. That's how you do it in the government. And I couldn't go make doctor's appointments or fill prescriptions. Wait, wait, wait. While so you were, you were accidentally discharged from the military? Yes, while deployed. On, you're on deployment. You're accidentally discharged. That's, that's yes. wild. Like, that's like jumping out of a plane without a, with a parachute. Like, how does that happen? No, it's crazy. And it, And I was working in one of the... Really, one of the most dangerous places that you could work in. It's at a port. You know, you got the cranes, you got all the all the trucks, all, all the moving moving parts, and anything could happen to me, and nothing would be covered because I wasn't in. Um, and that little blip, like the Army Reserve soldier, I couldn't get my Montgomery GI Bill because it was showing that I didn't fully serve my contract, that I broke my contract. So I had to go through the whole problem and calling my congressperson. And for anyone that is in that issue, always try to identify the problem first. Call the VA. They have a um, hotline for the VA education benefits. It's 888-442-4551. So that's, again, 888-442-4551. Call them and ask them what's going on. Then if it's something that's going on with the system and admin and what have you, go to seek to the unit. If your immediate unit can't help, you go higher and you push for them to call higher. Because so often they're like, eh, I can't fix it and just shrug and stop. Well, if there's no resolution, Congress, you call your congressperson. Don't email. Look them up. Call, uh, in, call the local or the D.C. office that they have and request an appointment with a staff member that handles the veterans and military affairs. Because often the one that answers the phone is an intern, usually unpaid, that has the least amount of experience. So be prepared to have to deal with that and ask for an appointment. Don't email them. Call or leave a message. Call and get an appointment. That phone call. And if you don't get it, keep calling back. And Stephanie, also give us your social media information. Give us your handle and everything else that we need to do in order to get in contact with you, to follow you on social media, things like that. 
Yep, uh, veterans on, veteran legislative voice. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and my website is vet v e t s legislativevoice dot org. Um, and then I've got, and then uh, I've got another thing to talk about that is also included with these ed- education benefits. It's a systemic issue with history. Mm-hmm. Um, the veterans, the black veterans from World War II, were actually denied majority of their education and their VA loan benefits when they returned from war. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that's really new. And that's what hurt a lot of these people in trying to improve themselves in their lives. Do you think a lot of it's just, I mean, we talk about the admin NCO, not to, not to throw fire on the admin NCO because, I mean, a lot of them do a great job. Yeah. But the a lot of times it seems like, like in my unit, I remember there was an issue where um, we had education benefits that were paid out, but it wasn't tracked. So we didn't even yeah. know money was even going to our schools. And then all of a sudden um, we got hit with back taxes because you have to claim that as income. And then we got hit mm-hmm. with back taxes and penalties because we're, we're for years, you know, asking our, 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 our admin NCO, our admin office, hey, when are we getting our benefits? When are we getting our benefits? <laughs> when are we getting our benefits? Yeah. And, and you forget about it because you're busy with school. A couple of years go by. Then all of a sudden it pops up in, there, in your, in your uh, bursar's office. And then the next thing you know, yeah. another couple of years later, you get a national letter from the IRS saying that you owe back taxes. So it almost like almost negates part of the benefit that you worked hard to get. Yeah, and it's so confusing and it's so frustrating. And there's multiple different types of education benefits because you got tuition assistance, you've got a variety of Montgomery GI bills, and then you also have folk rehabilitation, for, or I'm pronouncing that right, but folk rehab from VA. And so, so many different things and so many nuances and so many fine lines. It is so confusing. Um, it, Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, I was going to ask you a question. So, what? So, is it is it true that because I what used it, I couldn't use most of my benefits. I went to a private school, and then in the yeah. National Guard, you have to go to a state school in order to get the uh, student tuition uh, payment program, which is a great program, one of the best programs, the most underutilized programs I think in the country. So you know, mm-hmm. so uh, people that are listening, you can go join the National Guard, Air National Guard, or Army National Guard in your state or in, a, in another state. In that state, you have access to pretty much all of the state loans you get in, you know, for education, um, their education requirements, and once you get admitted to the school, you have access to free tuition for all of that for all four years of your of your undergrad or graduate education. But however, it's got to be yep. a state or a state school. My question is yep. though, does that cover also technical schools like trade schools, things like that? Can you use things like the GI Bill, which is a different program, but a GI Bill can that be used for trade schools? Yes, you definitely can, um, and you can also use it for different types of apprentices. Um, I do recommend for people to call the hotline to get more information on that, because, of course, I'm not the expert on that. But, yes, you can use that. And then um, the apprenticeships are great. The one of the things that I do recommend for a lot of people that go for the Army Reserve Regard and they think about vocational schools, there are um, tradesman jobs in the Army Reserve and the National Guard. I used to work for the engineers. Mm-hmm. There's bricklayers. There's the road guys that actually do the horizontal work for roads and what have you. There's construction workers. There's electricians, plumbers, all of that in the Reserve and Guard. And I'm like, that is the best way to go because you get that training there from the school and go to the uh, go and use for the vocational schools and get a lot more experience on top of that. You're set. Most mm-hmm. people make sixty thousand dollars as soon as they're out of the education. Oh yeah, I mean, I, you know, I was it was a medical company, so there was tons of people that were using education benefits, and they turned out to be they worked in, in during uh, during uh, 
um, operating rooms across the country. They're you know they're nurses, they're, they're paramedics, all kinds of different things. It's been a lot of this because they got a head start because they had the training in the military. And then, and if uh, God forbid, but if you get deployed, you're getting so much, you're getting experienced beyond anybody else. Trauma center, join the military. You want to learn how to work in a trauma oh, yeah. center? <laughs> get deployed. <laughs> and you're, as a medic, you'll learn, yeah. about, you'll learn all about trauma and about everything you possibly get around trauma. So, but so what are the things that we need to know about the GI Bill? And also this thing about non-payment, that's the part that, that, um, that I don't quite, I still not quite understand, like where is the disconnect? Why aren't payments getting sent to the schools on a timely basis? And then what can students do to make sure that their payments are being tracked? How can they track their payments? Well, honestly, call the VA every month and double check. I call, I contact my VA, the VA benefits line every month, and I also call my financial office every month because every time that I go through a new term, it, my school automatically loads me up for a loan. So every term I have to, every two months, I have to deny a loan. So say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to use my VA benefits, not get a loan, please. And so those type of things that you just have to be on top of it. It's frustrating as hell, but it's worth it. The non-payments happen for a variety of reasons. Um, admin issues. Um, there's a disconnect between the financial office and the VA. I've gone to a large variety of schools. Um, one that I've been to, the American Military University out of the America uh, public system. They were great because that's how they run. They opened up as veterans, like it's for veterans, by veterans, everything. And then um, different schools have different um, experiences and, and systems for it. I'm now with Southern New Hampshire University, and, yeah, I have to do the calling every every month, every other month. But, honestly, it's it, it still works, and it's still going great. You just have to be on top of it. It sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> is, there it any, is. Um, is, there, is there any online systems? Do you see in the future things getting more automated or people using more technology now? Is that ever happening in the VA system? There was a, actually, um, I'm not prepared for that one, but there, they have changed it. And the Army Reserve used to have one that you would log in to um, start, the, uh, start the setup, and then you would see the processing. And I feel really bad that I cannot remember the website, <laughs> but there, and I know they converted to a new one. So um, I can have it back to you guys okay. for information later, if that's okay. Yeah. And I'll put it on your website too. So people can log in guys, everybody listening, go onto her website, check out what she has. She has a ton of information and things, not just pertaining to this topic, but other topics as well. It's very important because this is how, this is the things we need to be on top of the, in, the, in the legal side of things and make sure that, change actually positive change actually happens for veterans across the country because if we can get some of these laws changed and some of these processes mm-hmm. changed then it makes our everybody's life easier and we have less of these mistakes and this mishaps and things like that yeah you know because i did hear, a, i'm sorry go ahead sorry there, there is a there is a new bill that had passed the house and it was very contested between the partisan lines um it's called the guard and reserve gi bill parity act um what that is for is to actually allow the reserve and guard to use the post 9-11 gi bill the culmination of their active duty time mm-hmm. for their training so post 9-11 gi bill is what happens if you get deployed on federal time and then all of those months add up to a certain percentage of coverage for your tuition so mm-hmm. if you yeah so if you serve 90 days an active duty server or you know a federal activated order you get the base of like 40% of your tuition would be covered. 
But then if you go all the way up to 30 months or more, it can go up to 100%. And the great part about the post-9-11 GI Bill is that they include a BAH on top of it while you're doing your college classes. Hmm. And for a lot of people that are going to school and trying to do two jobs so they can pay for their own finances, their living room and board, on top of their college, this is very helpful so they can actually focus full-time on the college. Mm-hmm. So you get a housing allowance and things like that to cover your life, a lot of those everyday expenses like food, <laughs> like water, yeah, things like that, electricity, yeah. <laughs> things you might need so yeah. you can actually study. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and with the Reserve and Guard, there's multiple different types of activations. So you got your training, your basic and AIT or your secondary trainings, and then, you know, you got your drill weekends, you're two weeks a month or really, I mean, two weeks a year, or really three weeks a year. And then on top of that, any other classes you got to go to. So for soldiers, you have a um, school to go to for every promotion mm-hmm. for E5 and above. Yeah. So that's four weeks of training that you're going to be away. And a lot of time, a lot of people that were against this bill, they, they worry about the amount of funds that will be used nexus for this. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, is that, the post 9-11 GI Bill will not be available for a lot of people soon because there's no war. And so there's the likelihood of deployments and actual rotation and deployments dropped significantly. And so this training, when you add it all up, it takes for a service member to get 100% of their GI Bill or their tuition covered by the post 9-11, it takes them 12 years wow. just to get to 100%. So to me, that's a retention bonus okay. because... 12 years is two six-year contracts. Mm-hmm. So those type of things would be really awesome for people that are in for the long haul and to motivate them to stay in for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Especially getting advanced degrees, things like that, getting a master's degree or a PhD. They can see that being yeah. really, really, you know, really handy. And I remember a few years ago, yeah. there was a, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of um, um, talk in Congress because there was a big problem with, and a lot of schools shut down. There's a lot of for-profit schools that were taking advantage of veterans because they saw all this mm-hmm. money coming from the GI bills and all this government benefit money coming in, and even people, the regular everyday average civilian who was turning on TV late at night and see this see this commercial saying, "Hey, get off your butt and, and come to our school, uh, for profits uh, for profit school," but not getting the the training that they're supposed to be getting in some of these colleges, and then the government just just basically said, "Hey, we ha- you have to prove that you're actually helping these kids out, or otherwise we're cutting off your funding." Have you seen yep. a, the, uh, a, a reform in the for-profit school sec- section or world? Is that so those a lot of these schools? I know a lot of them went out of business. And are there any out yeah. there still around that, are, that people should be worried about, or how is that world t- shaping up now? There is a lot. There's still a um, significant amount of them out there. So University of Phoenix is actually qualifies as a for-profit school. There's other colleges like Full Sail. There's um, art institutes. ITT Tech is one of them that shut down. Um, my boyfriend actually had gone to them until they shut down, and he just is you. When those things happen, you have to apply for forgiveness on the student loan for that. Mm-hmm. So he just got the payment back for that, and you got to fight it. Well, now Department of Education is now also reviewing all of those for-profit schools for veterans now. So keep an eye out on those. Um, it came out from the Hill an article by Mr. Will Hubbard about this on the Department of Education evaluating those for-profit schools for veterans. Hmm. So, the, but you, so, so do you vouch for any schools that are out there that are for-profit, or do you think pretty much they will steer clear from for-profits, go to a community college? What do you, what's your view on that? 
I per- personally go to nonprofit or, you know, the state schools and stuff. Um, I almost was sold by full sale university. But the thing is, is that the costs were so much higher and the yellow ribbon program that's out there wouldn't even cover. Hmm. And so for me, that's on a fixed income. I had to say no to that, even though the program looks so cool. But I have no idea whether that would actually be beneficial for my career because there's nothing out there to do that evaluation hmm. as of yet. And did your, did your so, boyfriend, did he think that that school that he went to was a full sale, you said? Was that was that a good school? Did he get good learning or good education? Or did that was that something that he felt was, like, not really helpful? No, um, it was ITT Tech. And oh, so he okay. went and he, he had just enough education for Tier 1 Tech for all those IT people out there. And for – and. Everybody thought when the IT world was really becoming that it's going to be a big money grab for people that um, are specialized in this field. Well, the thing is, is that with so many people out there going for these degrees, the amount of um, people that were getting paid dropped significantly. Like there are tier one techs that are being paid $15 an hour, wow. which is very imp- unfortunate. And for majority of the U.S., you cannot live on that. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's very tough. I remember there was a lot of nurses that went to school that didn't even, when they would go through these programs, pay tons and tons of money, thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of dollars in these, in these uh, nursing programs, and they would come out and not have the basic skills to even work in any hospital anywhere. They couldn't even barely get a job in a nursing home because they weren't properly yeah. trained. But they had no idea because, I mean, they're going to school thinking they're trusting these institutions to get this training. And they had none of the stuff that the basic minimum requirements to get any kind of job, real job um, in the healthcare field. Yes, and it's very true. Yeah, I've, I remember evaluating those for my own for my own side for trying to figure that out, and it's rough and it's hard because there's not a lot of information out there. Hmm. Well, Stephanie, appreciate your time, and always great to hear your voice. Um, any last words? Um, just don't put up with the word no. Keep <laughs> fighting and keep going, and call your congresspeople. And also, don't forget, go on Stephanie's social media. Look up Stephanie on the Legislative Voice. Veterans Legislative Voice. Is that the website again? VeteransLegislativeVoice.org or .com? .org. That's V-E-T-S, Legislative Voice. Okay, perfect. And then also um, keep in mind, uh, Stephanie's on our, our show every month, so log in into America's Heroes Group. Go to our website, AmericasHD.org. You can also listen to us on Apple TV, on Roku, Amazon Fire, and Zondra's TV Networks. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.